Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Delighted you have chosen to join the party here. We've had a lot of fun. If you're just joining me, where you been? I mean, we've had a lot of stuff we've gotten done here so far. We had a fabulous green list. We'll try and bring that back a little later this hour. It's all about Jackie Robinson. Lewis Riddick told an unbelievable story about the way these draft decisions get made as we're two weeks away from the start of the draft. And we talked a little bit about the NBA. Now, the conversation I'm taking you into here with Stephen A. Smith in a moment is is impacted on at least some level by something you just heard Christine Lisi report in our Sports Center, and that is the news on LaMarcus Aldridge, which is very interesting, that LaMarcus Aldridge has decided that he is retiring because of something I suppose, I, I, I realize I did not know this, but apparently he has been battling an irregular heartbeat for a long time and has actually had multiple ablation procedures over the course of time. I know a little bit about that. I, I know what an ablation procedure is, and he has had many of them. That's, that's quite the unusual um, circumstance, certainly for professional athletes. And so one way or another, LaMarcus Aldridge announced on social media that he is retiring. So the fact that he did not play last night obviously does not fall within the umbrella of all these games that players are missing and all the rest of that during this season. So putting that to the side, Stephen A's point of yesterday and his frustration over what became of the game between the Sixers and the Nets, the spotlight game of the NBA week, it still remains. It remains relevant, and here's part of what Stephen A. said. This is the BS that I'm talking about right here, right now. This is that stuff that I'm talking about. And then y'all wonder why I be calling cats out. I mean, damn. Damn. How many days off do you need? Regular season games. It's all about the two months. That's what you're getting paid for for two months? No, you're getting paid for a full regular season and the playoffs. That was a little bit of Stephen A. from yesterday. And look, this is a real problem. I opened the show today by telling you there's a difference between excuses and reasons. There's a reason some of this is going on, and that is that the compressed schedule, which is a lesser of two evils decision the league had to make because you could either schedule far fewer games, in which case, ideally, most of the players would play more of them, but in so doing... Now you're leaving a lot of money on the table, and that impacts a lot of people. It impacts their TV partners and their sponsors and all the rest of that. And, and, and more impo- well, not more importantly, but also importantly, it impacts the thousands of people whose livelihoods are built around the NBA playing their games. So I fully understand why Adam is making the decisions that he has made. That said, the outcome of it is a problem, a major problem for the NBA. Because there is one very simple response that every NBA fan, I think, can realistically offer. And that is, don't ask me to care about these games if you don't. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, others who are sitting out these games, don't tell me I should care. Don't tell me I should spend my money or my time investing them into these games if you're telling me through your actions they're not that important to you that's the bargain that we make here the only thing a fan is absolutely promised guaranteed yes injury all we all understand that you all understand buyer beware you buy a ticket player may not play we get that but the one promise that i think you have to be willing to make to me as a fan is that you are invested, that it matters to you. 
And we've gotten to a very tricky place with this. I understand this is the most complicated season ever. I understand things are going on. But this is the business you have chosen. Being an NBA superstar has got to be about the best job you can possibly have, but it is a job. Across this country right now, millions of people are doing their jobs under adverse situations, under adverse circumstances. Think about all the people who are getting paid far less money and still showing up and doing their jobs every day because they have no choice. And they're doing them in dangerous situations and they're tired and they're frustrated and they're scared, just like you are. I get it. And they don't have the luxury to miss these games. And I get it. You do. There aren't really any consequences. Teams seem to be just fine with it. But what I'm saying is there is a price to be paid. I have been yelling and screaming about load management on the radio for how long, Hambo? I mean, what, but when this first started happening, I said if I was a fan in Memphis, I would give back my tickets immediately. Every player skips Memphis. Every player in the NBA, they don't get to see anybody play in Memphis. So the point is, for years I've been telling you, there's a price to be paid. This is not going to be okay. Fans are not going to continue to be invested in the regular season if you're not. So it's a problem. So those two things can both be true at the same time. The compressed schedule has led to injury concerns, the likes of which the league has not ever really faced. And they are erring on the side of caution. And there are legitimate injuries. And I get that. Those are not excuses. There are, they are reasons. But it can also be true at the same time that this whole taking days off for personal reasons and all that kind of stuff, there's a price to be paid. There is a price to be paid for that because you are not going to be able to get the players, the fans to be invested in this stuff if the players aren't. My name is Greeny and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. All right, next order of business. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. The genius, you said? You're genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. That's right. Um, I, I, can I bring Bubba into the conversation here? Hashtag Bubba. Many people may not know this, but uh, but but Bubba, before he uh, turned to a very successful uh, and lucrative career uh, in radio production, um, that Bubba used to work in minor league baseball, and you were in charge of a variety of things in minor league baseball, inclusive of the regulation of the rules. Do I have that roughly right? Roughly. Okay, that's roughly right. So I thought you would find it interesting when I read this story yesterday, the Atlantic League, one of the major leagues, excuse me, one of the minor leagues, in partnership with Major League Baseball, the Atlantic League, is testing out two new rules. And one of them is when you remove your starting pitcher from a game, your team loses the designated hitter. They're trying that rule out. What? For the life of me, I'm positive I heard that somewhere before. I feel like... You serious? I feel like that was just suggested on a show with a hashtag in its title. They're not, they're really, they're not really doing they this, They are right? really doing this, Bubba. The Greeny Rule 2.0. I'll play it. We said it like a week ago. What we're going to have is we're going to have a universal DH. When your starting pitcher stops pitching, when you take him out, you lose the designated hitter for the rest of the game. That We called it the Greeny Rule 2.0. 
Hembo, when was that? We did. It was last week. It was last week. You're telling me a minor league is going to do what we just said last week. The Atlantic League, in partnership with Major League Baseball, is testing out two new playing rules. One of them is moving the mound, and the second is, once your starting pitcher is removed, you lose the designated hitter. All right. Your thoughts, Bubs? Well, I'd say that's uh, fairly impressive. I would we now say- have... Two rules. You already you already have the Greeny All Star rule. You're welcome. So now you've got two rules. That's correct. I mean, I, 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 mean it, I can't say. I mean, I'm pretty impressed. There's not much else to say. It stands to reason there is only one conclusion that can be drawn from this, and that is that the people who make decisions in sports are listening to this show, and as a consequence, if you're not, you're missing the most important stuff in sports. What shall we change next? <laughs> group we will figure that out because they're paying attention by the way the mound has been 60 feet six inches since 93 uh that would be 1893 mm. and so if they're really going to change that they're changing something that's been around the sport for 130 years and then they're going to take away your dh once you remove the starting pitcher otherwise known as the greeny rule 2.0 coming up next a perfect example of paying no attention to what people say just watch what they do that's next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Your call's coming a little later in this hour on the draft as we are two weeks away from round one. Again, we are our guests are on the Goodyear hotline today. Hashtag crew is here. They have their draft questions for me as well. I come to you live every single day from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. And I want to I just give you an indication of how fascinating a person I find Teddy Bruschi to be. So of the, the regulars who appear with me on Get Up every single day, Teddy is not one that I know that well because he's not one who used to come here all the time back before the pandemic. So if you watch our TV show in the morning and Hembo is here with me all the time, you know, you see Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, Dominique Foxworth, a whole collection of people who are in my studio up until the pandemic no longer allowed that they'd be in with us every day. And we'd sit, we'd have breakfast, we'd have coffee. You just get to know people. Teddy was not really in that group. He has become a regular on Get Up in the last few months and he's fantastic. And he's not someone I know that well. But I want to just give you a little insight into how fascinating he is. So 
The way this works, and Hembo, you can chime in because you're one of the producers on the show. When, when, when you ask, you might have even been the one who asked him about this. So the day before the show, you guys will send questions to the analysts. We'll either send questions via email or schedule a phone call to collect their notes in advance of our meeting the day of the show. So, so the day before Teddy is coming on this week, someone asked him his opinion on Matt Rule, the coach of the Carolina Panthers, saying this. We need another really strong draft. So at the eighth position, I, you know, we'll, 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 um, we'll be flexible. We'll look to take the best player available. Uh, we'll continue to look at quarterbacks. You know, I've been impressed uh, going around and, and, and watching some of these guys throw. So we'll, we'll look at anything and everything. Okay. So he said that. So immediately we all think to ourselves, boy, they just traded for Sam Darnold. That's really interesting. So one of you sends Teddy a question asking his opinion on that. And this is what Teddy writes back. There are very few moments in the NFL calendar where you get the truth. In this league, the truth is expressed in your actions. And those truthful moments only occur once or twice a year. Once during free agency. And the other truth moment is the draft. That's when you find out the truth. What people really think about guys. Because there's the truth. And then there's this thing I call the NFL truth. And so, A, that's just a fascinating freaking thing to say, isn't it? To write back to a producer the day before you're doing I've never said anything so, thing so profound in my entire it's life. It's so awesome. So that's A. <laughs> B, what he's telling you is pay no attention to what these people are saying. They're just saying whatever they're saying. There's NFL truth. They don't mean a word of it. And so I'm here to tell you that we will know by the actions there's no chance in the world Carolina is taking a quarterback at number eight. No chance. There's one way and only one way it happens, and that is if Trevor Lawrence falls there, and that's not on the list of options. So they made their quarterback move, and now Matt Rule is saying what he needs to say, which is, oh, I might just take one. So if you're New England, you better call me and trade me whatever you got. And if you're, if you're Denver, you better call me. You better trade with me. Because I'm telling you right now, I might just take one of these guys. You better come up here. He doesn't mean that. That's NFL truth. The real truth will come out on draft day. When Roger gets up there at the podium and says, we have a trade to announce. The New England Patriots, or maybe the Denver Broncos, I actually think the Broncos are likelier. The Denver Broncos have traded something, a number two draft pick next year, to move up one spot to number eight to take a quarterback. That's what's going to happen. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you're in Carolina, you should be happy about that. We just went on in, in Carolina, different places around the state. I'm telling you right now, Sam Darnold is going to be great. Trust me, he's going to be great. And you're getting this from the architect of the Greeny Rule 2.0, which is now sweeping minor league baseball. <laughs> Darnold is going to be great. You get him a weapon in this draft, you get him. I mean, there's a scenario in which Jamar Chase falls there, but one way or another, you are guaranteed to get something like Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Maybe you get one of the big tackles to protect him. You get either Penay Sewell or Rashawn Slater. Can't lose either way. With the weapons they already have in place and a healthy Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold not going to know what to do with himself. He's going to look around and say, what is all this? You can actually have good players on your team in this league? I didn't even know that. Like, I thought the rule was when you came in from college, you just play with people who've never seen football before, and your coach has never even heard of football before. That's what I was led to believe, because that's been my experience. Because I played for this joke of a coach in this ridiculous franchise back on the East Coast. Now I'm down here in Carolina. 
I don't have 87 newspapers and radio reporters in my face every second. This lunatic greenie isn't yelling and screaming on television about my team all the time. And I actually get to play with good people. I'm not the only player on the team who can play. Darnold's going to be great. Great. If he hasn't been broken, if he hasn't just been completely emotionally and psychologically broken, which I hope he is not. So trust me, you don't want them to take a quarterback in Carolina. If he was in this draft, he'd be picked ahead of most of, of, of anyone who might reasonably fall to eight. So if you're, if you're listening to me right now in North Carolina, I'm telling you right now, you should be excited. Your future looks pretty good. One other thing, by the way, let me give you the Teddy said to me. Let me make this draft prep. Where do I have? Here we go. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Greenies draft prep. Here's another thing that Teddy wrote in those, in those same notes. I mean, I, I, I'm so entertained just reading Teddy Bruschi's notes to the Get Up staff. He writes, they, the, maybe this was you who produced this. I don't know. But someone asked him, who's the best weapon of all the offensive weapons? And this is what Teddy writes. Kyle Pitts, as a defensive guy, if we are playing man, I say, coach, you got to get me off the field. Everyone has talked him up, but from a defensive perspective, you have guys who won't want to deal with him. Once he gets drafted, the division where he plays will have teams that are making personnel groupings just to account for him. They need to bring in a safety or a big corner and call it Gator because they're going to have to match what this kid brings. If Teddy Bruschi is going to say that, you want that guy. You want Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is going to be the first non-quarterback off the board in this draft. It's just a question of whether that comes at number four or number five. But he's going off the board before anybody else because he is a level of special, the likes of which we just don't see often. All right, I have some more perspective I want to bring on the whole situation that we have with the NBA and everything else. The guys were talking about it this morning on DCR. I'll play that for you, and you'll get your perspective on it. Plus, we're going to take your calls with your draft questions. The hashtag crew will ask their questions, and then your calls are coming up. It's going to be a few minutes away, but if you want to dial it up now, if you don't mind sitting on hold for a few minutes, then you can call it up now if you want to at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll take your thoughts and your questions on the upcoming NFL draft right after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call them at 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. My name is Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. We stream with you on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch anytime you want. And your calls are coming in a few minutes on the draft. We'll do what's on your mind. If you have questions or thoughts, I know much too much about the upcoming draft, um, which starts two weeks from tonight. And so I'll do my best to, uh, to answer all your questions. I-, I wanted to mention one other thing. I do this every single year on Jackie Robinson Day, and I do it somewhat ashamedly. Today's Jackie Day, and we did um, our green list today with the five things that you should know about Jackie Robinson, the greatest legend in the history of American sports. We did that earlier today. But I always remind people on Jackie Robinson Day to remember another name, too. And that name is Larry Doby. And I'm embarrassed to admit how that started. But in 1998, I was working as an anchor here at ESPN. I was working for ESPN News. Back when ESPN News would do, we had what, like a, the live sports news 24 hours a day. So we were, it was like Sports Center, but never-ending. And I was one of the anchors. And in 1998, Larry Doby was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And they scheduled him to do an interview on ESPN News. And I was doing the interview. And so I went and did a bunch of research to prepare to do an interview with Larry Doby. And to my extraordinary embarrassment, I discovered how little I knew about that man. And I figured if I who consider myself someone who knows a lot about the history of sports, didn't know this, that you probably don't either. So every year on April 15th, I share the story of Larry Doby. In July of 1947, so just three months after Jackie Robinson came up with the Dodgers, Doby broke the American League color barrier when he signed to play with the Indians. Now, bear in mind, this was at a time long before interleague play was even a consideration. So by definition, everywhere Larry Doby went, Jackie Robinson had not been and wasn't going to go. So he was the first black player to play in every ballpark he played in, including his own. He was actually the first player to go directly from the majors, excuse me, from the Negro Leagues to the majors. And again, he broke that color barrier in the American League just three months after Jackie did. So you have to believe that what he had to deal with, the nonsense that he had to deal with, was the equal of what Jackie did. And we always remember the first. You don't remember the second. But in so many ways, Larry Doby was first, too. That's the point I'm trying to make. And he was a great player. Seven-time All-Star, Doby and teammate Satchel Paige were the first African-American players to win a World Series in 1948, and Doby later became the second black manager in Major League Baseball history with the White Sox. So when I looked all that up back on that day in 1998, I thought to myself, I'm so upset with myself that I did not know the history of Larry Doby, and I... And I I treasure having done that interview. He died a few years later, but I treasure having had the opportunity to do that interview. And so every year on April 15th, I remind you to also remember and also tell your kids 
the story of Larry Doby, who, um, I mean, it wasn't Jackie Robinson, but it was it was something different and in its own way, just as significant. And so um, that is something I try and share every year on this day. And that that is the story of Larry Doby. And it is the story of how I came to know these things that I think all baseball fans should know. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. All right, one other thing I want to do before we get to the calls here. Again, I apologize if you're sitting on hold. I told you it might be a few minutes, but I really want to play this. So on our station in New York, on ESPN Radio in New York, the show in the morning is called DCR. DPHO, Canty, and Rothenberg are the three guys who host it. And you're going to hear them talking here. And it's about the question of load management in the NBA. Open the hour today playing you Stephen A. Smith. But they, they said something in here that I think is fascinating. So the first voice you'll hear belong to Chris Canty, who was a football player for a long time. And the second is Rick DiPietro, who is, was a, a National Hockey League goalie for a very long time. And it's what he says that I think you really need to pay attention to. It's about postseason performance. A lot of these stars realize their legacy is going to be judged on how many championships they win. That's what it is. That's what the fans made it. That's what the media made it. So that's what the stars are doing. Trying to set the stage so they can be ready to be at their best when the playoffs roll around. If that means missing a few regular season games, so be it. Yeah, I don't know how you fix it, in all honesty, because I think part of the reason why you know teams are doing this is because the science shows you mm-hmm. that you know there are a certain amount of days that a guy should should have off. An 82 82- game schedule in a short period of time is not is not conducive to keeping guys healthy it's not with the amount of- okay so that's the part of it i wanted to get into and look rick is a friend of mine and he's a, a professional athlete he knows has forgotten more about this stuff than i'll ever know but i will once again ask the question well i guess there's really two questions the first is if 82 games are not conducive to the players playing them all then you just have too many games there should just be fewer games but here's the question i have how is it possible that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played all 82 games in a season in which they had 38 back-to-backs? Will Chamberlain played all 30, uh, 82 games in a season in which they had 37 back-to-backs. Michael Jordan played 82, 82, and 82 games in the regular seasons of 1996, 97, and 98 when he was in his 30s. They were all still at their very best in the postseason. It didn't shorten any of their careers. And these guys, the guys in the 70s, were flying commercial flights. You would show up at LaGuardia in the morning after a game they played at the Garden the night before, and you might run into Artis Gilmore at the Cinnabon getting breakfast, and he's having a cinnamon bun and a cup of coffee, and he's on his way to Atlanta where they're playing that night. So how is it possible that now all of a sudden the science shows we can't do that anymore when we did it for 60 years? These guys would drive to games. They would take trains. They would take commercial flights up until not that long ago. So how is it possible that we can't do that now when they all have access to all kinds of data that we didn't have then? Sleep science, what they're eating, nutrition, much, much better travel and all the rest of that. I don't get it. I don't get it. So the bottom line is, oh, sure, could you be more optimally at your best by playing fewer games? Of course, but then why not just, they should each just play 15 of them. I mean, where's the line here? Where's the line? You got to play. The game's on the schedule, play it. I understand that this is a different year, and I've taken this year, I'm sort of putting it to the side, but generally speaking, the whole idea that science has shown that it is not optimal to play 82 games, I just don't understand that. What does optimal mean? So you could be in slightly better condition at the end, but if everyone is doing the same thing, then it's the same for everybody. You got to play. 
Popovich ruins this by starting to give guys days off. So now when other teams see it, they say, well, he's going to be fresher in the playoffs, and now I got to do it. So now all these teams are doing it. That's why I love LeBron James so much. He plays. He's hurt right now. Hurt is a different story. No one's talking about that. LeBron's significantly hurt. When he's healthy, he plays. So does James Harden, by the way. James Harden plays. But this whole missing games thing, this whole science of it, it just does not sit well with me. Because for 60 years, under far more trying conditions, we played all these games. And everyone seemed to be okay. So that's something that I, we need to do a little more digging into. Bubba, I would like to put together a committee, if I can, to look into this. And if you have time in your schedule, I would like you to chair that committee. And the reason I bring this up is many may not know that Bubba, before he began his career in radio, was actually a nutritionist, right? You, you were, do you have a PhD in that, or is it just a master's? Uh, two PhDs. Two PhDs. His multiple PhDs in the area of diet and nutrition. He has a PhD. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. You have a PhD in diet and a PhD in nutrition. So you are right. an expert in, in all these areas. Do we have that right? Correct. So can you chair this committee for me? Fine. Okay. <laughs> he also designed the original NBA scheduling matrix. He did that. Well, I mean, we need to make mention of that in this conversation. Well, well. of course, if you're going to put that together, you would never do it without consulting the experts like Bubba. Obviously not. These are the people who know all these things. Okay, let me come to the phones here. All right, we got the draft ready to go. I got my draft prep. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Greenies draft prep. All right, so usually with my draft prep, I will just give you some things that I have found. But it's at a point now, I know so much about this that I need to share it. I'm like bursting at the seams. So let's get on the phones here. What's on your mind when it comes to the draft? What's on your mind is brought to you by My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life. The number is 888-SAY-ESPN. Give me your thoughts, your questions, whatever you've got on the draft. We'll see what's on your mind, and I'll tell you what I think. Because once again, I just know too much about this not to share it somewhere. So let's see. Bubba, who's our first caller? First up is Ray. All right, Ray, what's on your mind with regard to the draft? Morning, Greeny. Thanks for taking my call. Love the new radio gig. Thanks. Uh, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and uh, last year the Eagles blew it on the draft with uh, taking Hurts and passing on Jefferson, the receiver. What do you think they should do this year? Well, no, that's not really where they blew it. They took Jalen Rager. That's where they blew it. They blew it by taking the wrong receiver. They didn't blow it with Hurts. Hurts is now your quarterback. Here's what I think. I think the Eagles have positioned themselves very nicely because they are set up. If Carson Wentz plays uh, a certain amount of snaps or whatever, 75%. 75% of the snaps, the Eagles are going to have three ones next year. Do you know what three ones equals next year? Russell Wilson. That's what you've got. So you've got a one-year audition for Hertz. If he turns out to really be good, then that's the best news ever. And if he doesn't, then you're going to get another high draft pick. And you've got the three picks that give you the opportunity to get Russell Wilson. Now, as far as what they're doing this year, they trade back. They wind up trading back all the way to 12. There's a lot of different things. 12 is sort of you're getting into that middle area, which means you're probably not getting any of the four big off. There is a chance, I think, Devontae Smith falls to you or Jalen Waddell. If either of those fall to you, great. Phenomenal. Couldn't be better. That's obviously what you need. And you need Jalen Rager not to be a bust. That's what you need. If they don't, 
and neither none of the really big offensive linemen are going to fall to you. Now you got a choices to make. The players who figure to go in that area, you got a bunch of, of offensive linemen, like a guy like Christian Darasaw from Virginia Tech might go in that area. Uh, a defensive end named Quiddy Pay from Michigan might go in that area. But that that is the way I see the Eagles situation right now. Where they blew it to me was not by taking Hurts in the second round. Uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Uh, Bubba, uh, Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Shannon. All right, Shannon. You're with me here. What's on your mind on the draft? Shannon? Shannon! Have we lost Shannon? I fear we've lost Shannon. All right, Bubba, who's next? Let's try Josh. All right, Josh. You're on ESPN Radio. Josh, what's on your mind? Hey, Greeny. Love the show. Thanks. What about the Cowboys? Um, do you think they'll trade up to try and get Kyle Pitts, or do you think they'll focus on like a maybe a defensive player? I think no way in hell they trade up to get Kyle Pitts. You would have to trade up to a short. Well, the, the the Falcons are going to come on the clock at number four, and three quarterbacks will be off the board, and Pitts will be sitting there. If you're the Cowboys and you want to assure yourself of getting him, then you got to go up there to get him. I don't think there's any way in the world they do that. Now, if a quarterback goes at four. And Cincinnati, which I think they could, takes Penny Sewell at five. Now this gets interesting because now you get to six with Miami. No, but see, then Miami takes Pitts. I take it back. Miami takes Pitts in that scenario, even though they have Gesicki. I don't think the Cowboys are getting – that was a very long-winded answer. The Cowboys are not getting him. I think it's likelier the Cowboys trade back. The three big corners in this draft, which is what the Cowboys need, are Patrick Sertan the second. Uh, from Alabama, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, who I think is the best of them all, but has major injury red flags. Uh, and then J.C. Horn, who was the son of the former NFL receiver Joe Horn. He's from South Carolina. I think the Cowboys take one of them. Greg Newsom from Northwestern is also a, a first-round caliber corner. So I think the Cowboys will, in a perfect world, will trade back and take one of those guys. But as they were saying in the meeting yesterday against John Gruden, I, I obviously John wasn't on this call, but he did the draft for years for ESPN. And a lot of people on the call were saying John's expression was at some point, if the phone doesn't ring, you still have to make a pick. It's easy to say that you want to trade back. It's not always so easy to do. So if the Cowboys sit there at 10, it might be a little early for those corners, but I still think that's who they wind up taking. There are not a lot of great impact defensive players in this draft. The best defensive player in the draft is Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. So, but I don't, that doesn't really fall into the Cowboys' primary area of need. Uh, this is Draft Prep with Greeny here and What's on Your Mind with your calls. Baba, who's next? Yeah, let's go to uh, Nuno in Control Room 2. <laughs> this is Nuno, the uh, producer of this radio program. Nuno is a crazy fan of the Giants. Nuno, what's your question? Uh, first time, a long time. Uh, <laughs> the Giants need a pass rusher, so which one should I be keeping an eye on here's, at 11? Here's the problem that you have is that you're picking at 11 and it's too early to take any of them. The Giants, the things the Giants need, they can't get at 11. So at 11, if you're going to take a pass rusher, it's just too early. That's reaching for Quiddy Pay. It's reaching for Aziz Ojolari. Um, th- those are the top pass rushers in this draft. It, it, Jalen Phillips, who is a kid from Miami, remember that name. He's the biggest kind of roll of the dice in this draft. Jalen Phillips started his career at UCLA. He had a variety of injuries, including a concussion. He retired. He actually medically retired. Came back this year and played at Miami and just tore it up. And if you listen to Lewis Riddick talk about him, like he's a superstar. But the medicals are, are scary. So 11 overall is probably too early for him. 
Here's the problem you have, Nuno, and here's the big problem your team has. Every single year, the Giants address their offensive line, and every single year, it gets worse. Every year, they either sign a free agent offensive lineman, or last year, they draft Andrew Thomas number four, and of the big tackles in that draft, he's obviously the worst one. After him go Jedrick Wills and uh, uh, the kid uh, Worth from from Tampa and and Mekhi Becton. All of them go after him. Think how different the Giants would be right now if they had one of those guys. So that that's a real. The Giants basically they don't draft well, and that's the reason, uh, Nuno, why you were sitting where you are, and why you're trying to evaluate Daniel Jones, and you've got to make a decision whether or not you're going to pay Saquon Barkley, and you're, you're spending a fortune on a, a somewhat limited receiver in Kenny Galladay. Does not look good. I would think I would say things do not. They would look bleak right now for fans of the New York Giants. I'm sorry to say, Nuno. That's Nuno Teixeira, the producer of this program. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Carl. Carl, you're on ESPN Radio. Carl, what's on your mind with the draft? How you doing, Greeny? A uh, long time listener, first Thanks. time caller. Thank you. Uh, my question is, the Raiders, what are we going to do defensively? I mean, we just let Clowney go to the Browns, which that would have helped us out a little bit on our defensive line. Mm-hmm. But just thinking on the draft, what are we going to draft? I mean, if we can get Parsons, that would be nice, but will we move up farther to get Parsons? Yeah, he's not going to be there. question, fool for thought. He's not going to be there. The, the Raiders need defense, Carl. Thank you for the call. I hear the frustration in your voice, and it's legit. You, you, they need defense. They need to take this – is, this is what we arrived at in our meeting yesterday because, you know, the first few picks, you, you can say specifically, get him, get him, get him. Then you start getting into areas like best defensive player available. And so that's sort of what we arrived at for the Raiders. Where do the Raiders pick? I don't have the order in They're front of 17, me. 17. And Mel's latest mock is them picking the guard from USC. That's oh uh, the guard from you say Elijah Vera Tucker. That would be a surprise, I think, if he's there. I think Elijah Vera Tucker is the third offensive lineman off the board in this draft. Elijah Vera Tucker is a stud. Elijah Vera Tucker could go to the Giants at eleven, by the way, and a lot of other places. So if Elijah Vera Tucker, based on our meeting of yesterday, I would not expect him to be there when the Raiders pick. If he is, then maybe, but I think where we arrived yesterday was best available defensive player. I don't think there's any way in the world Micah Parsons falls there. I know. Do they take one of the edge rushers? Do they take one of the corners? There are good corners to be gotten in the second round of this draft, so I don't see it. Uh, thank you for the calls, everybody. Let me get one more in here. Let me get Bubba in. Bubba, you're a Cowboy fan. Let me hear your thoughts. What is on your mind? Hashtag Bubba, who, again, used to work in the personnel department for the Cowboys after several failed tryouts where you were going to be their place, uh, the, the, the holder on place kicks. Um, what is your thought, your question, or your comment on the Cowboys draft? Well, my question actually wasn't going to be, uh, be about the Cowboys. Okay, then what is your question? I'll take any question you have. Yeah, my question is just uh, who's the person we should be looking at, not day one, not day two, who's a day three person? That's going to be a standout person that you think we should be looking at when he gets drafted. Hey, all right, look out for this guy. Well, so it's so hard to say because the, 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 the range of where people might get picked I have found to be stunning. Like the guys, there are guys that Matt Miller has in his mock first round that Mel think is going in the fourth round. <laughs> so I'll stick to quarterbacks because those are names that people know. If Jamie Newman falls to Saturday... Jamie Newman is a super intriguing prospect. He had a great year at Wake Forest, transferred to Georgia, and then opted out. So he hasn't played, but he's super intriguing. If Kellen Mond falls that far, I think he's a super intriguing prospect. Now, I've got people telling me he's going to go at the top of the second round, and then I have Mel saying he's not going until round three at the earliest. 
You know I love Davis Mills, the quarterback from Stanford. If you told me five years from now Davis Mills is the best quarterback that came out this year, I don't think that would be an upset, but he's not ready to play immediately. I think he's going to go in round one. No one else does. So those are just a couple of the answers. I'm so delighted with the questions. I'm so excited for the draft, and I'm thrilled to have you along for the ride. See you tomorrow. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.